Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I have to say Appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. 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 Picture at Los Angeles 2017. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And yo, this is a podcast where we watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then we talk about it. And we just watched season six, episode one. Season six! Yes. <laughs> Blanche Delivers, which aired on September 22nd. You didn't 22nd. say that with enough excitement. 1990, and is the one where Becky goes into labor. I just swallowed my gum. Uh-oh, that's what you get for interrupting me while I was naming the it's episode. fine. You know, that's a myth. You can swallow your gum. Like, you don't make a habit of it, but it's not going to kill you. I've never heard that swallowing your gum will kill you. Have you heard that? That it's bad for you, yeah. Yeah. Do we sound, do we sound more echoey right now? No, you sound great. What are do you talking sound about? Because we're in my apartment. I feel like in my apartment, the sound is a little it's different. A, it sounds a little bit different, but it's fine. You talk right into the mic. Everyone's going to love you for it. They're okay. going to be like, they won't even know the difference. They'll be like, oh, they're in H. Allen's apartment. It's peaceful and serene and Yeah, well, if you guys hot. do hear a dog make noise, that's Stan and I's dog. Yeah, but Frazier doesn't make any noise. He's like playing with some toys, so hopefully he'll keep that up. Yeah. Um... We're in season six. Season six. How exciting is that? It's very exciting. It's, um, there's so many fun things that happened this season. Dorothy like, got a haircut. Dorothy gets a Thank God, because that last season hair, that, that hair had chronic fatigue syndrome. I, I was over that hair. I actually liked it. I thought it looked good on her. I actually am not. Ugh, no. I'm realizing that I'm not super crazy about it, the length that it is right now. I like Dorothy like she's just gone to the beauty parlor because she's doing her best. You what know season what I mean? is that? That's season six. Oh, okay. So you yeah. love it. I love the end ones because it's very put together hair. It's not casual Dorothy hair. It's not chronic fatigue syndrome hair. You know, that's like she she did she did it up. I would not describe Dorothy's season five hair as having chronic Ugh, fatigue I syndrome. Would, I will do a season five, season six comparison before and after, and people will see what I am talking about. Her hair has had a transformation, and I applaud it. All right. Oh, you're applauding into the mic. Yes. Um, this was but a no, good... this season's great. It has Sophia becomes a nun. We meet Miles. Um, what else happens? Uh, Dorothy and Stan get, almost get remarried. Mm-hmm. She dates Sonny Bono. It's a lot. And George comes back from the dead. Yeah, it's that's a lot of stuff. There's so much happening. I'm very excited. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I like this episode. Yeah. 
I enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed it too. It was a good season six opener. It was a good mm-hmm. first episode of the season. I mean, this is this is a point in a television series, y'all, as you know, that when you get to like, because they've already won all of their Emmys. Mm-hmm. They're not winning any more Emmys. You know, they the show had its heyday and I think it won Best Comedy Series a couple of years there. I know the girls, the first like season one, two, and three is when they all won their Emmys mm-hmm. individually. So it started with Betty White first. And then Rue McClanahan and then Dorothy or B. Arthur and Estelle Getty in the same year mm-hmm. they won. And that's it. Wait, and did Estelle Getty win for supporting? Yes. And uh oh. and then the only She should have won for the only lead. women that were nominated every year. I don't think she she was better in supporting. I mean, she that's where she got her. I mean, she wouldn't have won in lead. She just never would have won. Um and also like she was she's a supporting character for the most part. Very rarely does a storyline center around Sophia, except for towards the end. Well, no, I, I think that she's she's a regular. She is a series. She's regular, a regular, but she's but a supporting. I, no, I, I don't think she's a supporting. I think she's a lead character. However, I think that they probably submitted her into the category of supporting actress because she's supporting. <laughs> because they thought maybe it was a better chance for her to win or something. Well, of course, yeah, she's not going to beat the other because the other three women are. The like guy. I think it was a strategy. I don't think it's because. They necessarily we'll, we'll view it as a supporting character. Talk this out on Facebook, but the only women who were her nominated every single year of this show was Betty White and Estelle Getty. So Rue McClanahan and uh, B. Arthur stopped being nominated after a few years, which must have just burned. <laughs> burned. They must have came in after the Emmy nominations, being like, "You bitch." <laughs> <laughs> um, Rose in this episode Rose immediately walks in And is dressed like an ice princess She looked really good as an ice princess I like Well before she came in I did like Dorothy's line With Sophia when she's like How do you feel ma? And then Sophia's like What did we have for dinner last night? Mexican Oh then I'm okay Yeah Which is so not my reaction to Mexican When I eat Mexican I had Mexican last night Mm -hmm. And when I woke up this morning Ooh I was full and I was like uncomfortable. Oh man! Yeah. Yeah. So you can relate. Um, no, I can't because she's okay with Mexican. I can't relate to that. You're not okay. Yeah. You can't relate. No, I can't. Am I holding my mic funny? Yeah. Cause Sorry you, about that. You sound weird. Where I'm out of my element. I'm in my own apartment. Yeah. Um, Rose is entering the U.S. Seniors Sports Classic, whatever the shit that is. Um, it's like a sports thing for seniors. Sure, sure. Do not discriminate against seniors and dismiss them. But I feel like they could have come up with a more creative name for it because we don't, like it just felt like a lazy naming. The U.S. Senior Sports Classic. Ice skating at the JCC. Like they could have called it, you know, something something like, you know, the Ice Princess Competition or I don't know. They they could have called it something. I think once you get to seniors, you're like, who gives a fuck? Elderly on ice. Something fun. Once you get to a senior age and you start doing sporting events literally they should just rename everything hey guys i showed up (laughs) (laughs) i was also kind of wondering throughout the episode i was like because i had forgotten where this storyline went but i was like why are we you know we're not going to see rose ice skating yes we see rose in this like adorable ice princess outfit but we're not going to see her skate so what's the point of this story and i was like oh yeah it's just so instead of calling the birthing coach when becky goes into labor she calls her ice skating also it's because of this outfit (laughs) Like and of course this she outfit really good. So good. Turns out Rose has a Nancy Kerrigan past. What do you mean? She was a skater. She trained for a little bit when she was younger. So, That's so, what she was talking about at the beginning, right? 
Right, but she didn't say anything about Nancy Kerrigan, did she? No, I'm just saying she's like a Nancy Kerrigan. She trained. She was oh, a nice so skater. Oh, so like any professional any, any, figure skater. Yes, but Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan is the one in my brain where I went to. No, Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan was not a known entity when this show came going out. Going somewhere, I was no, like, wait, no, no. What? She had a Nancy Kerrigan like past, and that she was a figure skater, and she trained, and then things got derailed, and life happened, and you know. Oh, that's a bit of a stretch. What do you mean? You're comparing roses. Journey I'm with not ice comparing. skating to Nancy Literally, Kerrigan? you are ruining a throwaway <laughs> comparison okay, to the one figure skater that I'm aware of in my head. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, I can name a bunch. Well, really? Yeah. I cannot. I cannot at all. I can... Tanya Harding. Yes. Chrissy Yamaguchi. I couldn't name her. Brian Boitano. I definitely couldn't Scott name Scott Hamilton. I don't even know who that is. I watched a lot of figure skating in the 90s. Sorry. Um, uh, oh, so... Here, okay, here with the last thing I'm going to say about Rose as a nice princess. I would have loved, I know I'm sure they didn't have the budget, didn't work with the story, but I would have loved a scene with Rose where, you know, when she's like doing the dancing and then uh-huh. they have the body double that comes oh, in yeah. and does all of her flips. I was and kind stuff. of thinking something similar with that. I would have loved that if we just see like a close up of Betty White, sort yes. of like you see, it looks like she's gliding across the ice and they just cut to a wide shot of yeah. like, you know, a like, 14 year like old. Like a shot of her skating away and then all of a sudden it's like a wide shot and someone's doing a figure eight and flips and shit. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, they go down into the split and when she looks up, it's Betty White again. Yeah. Um, so while, you know, Rose is standing around in her wonderful outfit, we learn that Becky, Becky is coming New Becky. to town. Um, I really like that, you know, with, 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 with their siblings, with the girls' siblings and, and sometimes with their children, we have these ongoing storylines like yeah. where Michael, you know, comes and he's with Lorraine and then he leaves Never and he comes again, back and she's yes. been kicked him out. And then, you know, with Clayton coming, it's yeah. like these characters that pop in, we're able to pick right back up, uh-huh. you know, where we left off. And the last time we saw Becky, she was getting artificially inseminated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now she's here. Well, and, she's coming. She's picking well, she's her up coming. at 1030. Um, she's coming. And and she has been artificially inseminated, which Blanche calls her condition. She is pregnant. Like we're talking like eighth month. Yes. When she gets there. Yeah. Which she's are you even allowed pregnant. to travel then? I don't think so. Um, oh, well, yeah, I don't know that she would have been able to travel. I don't know a lot about pregnant women. Unless she went into labor incredibly early, maybe. But yeah, I don't. Maybe. Because she gets there and she goes into labor like the next day. Yeah, I always thought like you weren't supposed to travel or something. But then Although again, maybe she was coming from Atlanta. Is there? No, she wouldn't have driven. Right? No, she would not have. But my mother in labor with me drove herself to the hospital. Wow. Drove herself. That's a, ooh, I'm sorry. Why don't you start telling that story? Okay, guys. I'll tell a story while Sue barks. My mother, I was 10 pounds when I was born. Can you imagine what my mother went through? She had a C-section. And my, my mom had to drive herself to the hospital. And it's the reason why I have the name that I have. So, spoiler, H. Allen Scott is not my real 
name? It's Diana Ross. <laughs> no. My, so my father was a dickhead, is a dickhead. He's still alive, but we'll use past tense because was. And he, uh, he, my mom's agreement with them whenever they were married was like, you show up for one of the kids' births. Like that was a rule in the house. Other than that, you mm-hmm. can go out and have your girlfriends and do whatever you want to do. Anyway, so my mom is okay with me sharing this story. She will share this story as well if she was on the podcast. She, uh, she drove herself to the hospital because my dad was away, couldn't get a hold of him. And she went into labor. She had me very early in the morning, July 10th, 1982, and uh, like at 2 a.m. And my mom waited to name me and stuff because she was going to wait for my dad to eventually show up. And I was supposed to be named Carl Rudolph Honinger. And my dad never showed up, which that's my dad's name. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad never showed up. And so my mom, out of spite, was like, you know what? You haven't been here for two fucking days after I popped out a fucking 10.3 pound baby. No, no. So what did she do? She named me after the doctor that presided over my birth, Dr. Scott Allen. Wow. And I became Scott Allen Honiger. The reason why the name change in my professional life is when I started stand-up comedy, People often looked at Honiger and they would say Honiger. Mm-hmm. And it sounds very offensive if you say it really too fast and you forget that second N. Yeah. And it's an important so N. It's an important N. It's a very important N. So it quickly derailed every joke I ever said because people were just focused on the name. Right. So I changed the name but kept the H for the joke. Wow. Yeah. Your mom's a great woman. She, and, and my little, lady. And my little brother got my dad's name. He's Carl Rudolph, but he was 13 pounds. Wow. So they're just, they just keep getting bigger. Bigger. And then, I mean, if she and had another one. And then that's it. One, she was like, we're done. And she divorced my father and everything is great. Otherwise, she may have had a 32-pound baby like oh. when Sophia had Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia is a bitch in this episode. Yeah, she, she is. She is so mean to Dorothy. Yeah. She is. Uh, she's pretty mean. Um, there were some funny things in the scene. Uh, also, like when Blanche was reminding the audience and the girls that, um, you know, uh, Becky had been artificially inseminated. Yeah. She says, a sperm bank. A, a sperm, sperm bank. bank. Just the idea of a bank for sperm. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sophia's like, at least the government didn't have to bail them out. Which is a joke <laughs> that could work in any decade. Because uh, it keeps it happening. It was pretty great. Um <laughs> And then there was one other joke I really liked when um, Blanche was talking about maybe she'll, you know, enter the senior, you know, sports contest in or whatever. 15 in 15 years when years, I'm eligible. When she's eligible. And, uh, and Dorothy says, the luge is the only one where you get to lie on your back. <laughs> the way Dorothy delivers lines sometimes, I sort of feel Especially like... Especially this season. She's almost like a Disney because villain. Dorothy this season turns into like a vaudeville deadpanner mm-hmm. jokester. Yeah. Like she's no longer sassy sort of like feminist lady she is now like punchline yeah punchline 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 she's very dry she had a lot of jokes in this episode um so and because we had just seen rose looking incredibly uh sexy as a figure skating princess Mm. uh in the next scene would you call that sexy i think yes yes i would not yes she had like the earmuffs i think i would call that like disneyland attraction character like okay. Frozen. 
Potato, potato. Uh, Whatever gets you off. But the, the show decided that we, you know, she looked way too good in that scene. So in the next scene, we see her basically wearing like a blue I loved jogging it. It's like a blue with pantsuit. ankle weights. With ankle weights. So she's like shuffling. shuffling. Um, which I've tried ankle weights before and they don't really do anything. Well, I think if you're going to strengthen your legs, wouldn't it make sense to walk in them or like to like normal. do leg lifts in them? Yeah. I don't know if shuffling actually helps because I feel like you're not really engaging the muscles you're supposed to engage. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it makes a good joke. Makes a really good joke. And when yeah. she was shuffling, Sophia comes in and goes, Rose, don't make fun of old people. Oh, no. I loved my favorite line in that scene is when Dorothy says, because she's going to go to the grocery store, mm-hmm. um, Rose's. And and <laughs> Dorothy's like, wearing those? She's like, yeah, uh-huh. And then she, and Dorothy's like, don't get dairy. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, don't get anything they can spoil. But you could turn yogurt into cottage cheese. I don't know that I would trust the process of it simply melting in a hot day. Um, so Becky, now Becky shows up. She's yeah. very pregnant. Yeah. Um, and She is huge. She's very big. But it's funny because she's an actress who's not presumably not actually pregnant in real life. No, she's, she's got not. one of those pregnancies where she only has gained the weight in her belly where the, she's carrying the mm-hmm. baby and like, mm-hmm. you know. She's not fat in the She's face. She's not fat. Yeah. Um, she looks great. Um, and she says that she's thinking of how she wants to have her baby in a birthing center instead of a hospital. So she basically wants to have it done naturally. Ricky Lake had her baby in a bathtub. Yeah, naturally. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, I, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do oh, it. Oh, I don't like baths to begin with. Oh, but I'm just talking about having a natural birth. Like, I want drugs. I want, I don't oh. want to feel the pain. I don't, I want drugs. I want lots and lots and lots of drugs. I am, if, if you would have a natural birth, like, good on you. You are a mm. much stronger person. You can deal with pain far better than I can. I wouldn't be able to do that. Well, yeah, I'm a big advocate of drugs, but um, I, the, the idea of having a baby in a body of water that you're sitting in and then when something like I'm already grossed out that when I'm like on the toilet and the water splashes back at mm-hmm. me, like I can't imagine having a child come out of me with all the stuff that also follows after the child comes out. And then, you just wouldn't want to be in the water with it. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. It's gross. But that's not what Becky was gonna do. No, I'm just saying. But yeah, you that's where your brain went. That's where my brain went. Um so uh they all decide to go to the birthing center for support. And the birthing center, can we talk about the set of the birthing center? Okay, the birthing center was like something out of Downton Abbey. I feel like they just like repurposed the set from when like Rose moved out and then lived with those new roommates, like the flight attendants. Yeah. Like I feel like they used so much wallpaper. Yeah, so much wallpaper. It was so busy. So busy. and it just looked like they repurposed. Did you see a, the pictures a, on the wall? They were like vintage pictures from like the nineteen teens or something. And it's like, yeah, they're all dead. Those, are, yeah, I think if you're in a birthing center, especially if you're not gonna have any, you pain want pictures of life. Yeah, I feel like you'd want calming pictures yeah. of like waterfalls. I want Indians. Yes, and you'd want sail away, sail away, sail away. Yeah. That's what you'd want. You'd want something incredibly calming. You'd want ocean waves. You'd want photos of water lilies. These are the sounds that you'd want to hear. You would not want an incredibly loud wallpaper. There were so many patterns. It's giving me a headache just thinking about it. Mm. You know Um, know what I want in my birthing center? What do you want? Ryan Gosling going, you're good. You're good. You're going to get it. You're going to get it good. Oh, yeah. That baby's going to come out. 
Okay. You want him to whisper? Yeah, of course I want him to whisper. Loud noises. No. Well, the Becky is greeted by a nurse who was played by Layla Kenzel, Mm. which everybody knows as... um, Mad About You. She is from Mad About You. She is Helen Hunt's BFF in the whole wide world. She's done a lot. She has done a lot. I really wish that she'd had a bigger role in this episode because she's such an amazing actress. Well, she was... Mad About You wasn't on TV yet, and she wasn't a big actress. I know, but she's just so great. She is great, but you know, we all have to start somewhere, and if it's Golden Girls, then I'm about it. So I have a question about a line that she had. Yes, what Um, is the question? So she's basically kind of giving them the tour of everything, and Dorothy says to her... What if the baby needs more than Muzak and throw pillows? Which, Muzak, great reference, by the way. Muzak. Muzak. Um, it's what you hear in elevators sometimes. Yeah. And the nurse says, you're a meat eater, aren't you? Oh. What is that supposed to mean? I think she's implying that she's, like, basic. You know what I mean? Well, that she's, like, she's not healthy. She's not, her core is not clean. She's not clean. Like, like, Yeah. Well, it's weird because I don't know. It to me it almost implied that this place is like run by vegans, but it's like it's I bet a it birthing is. center. You think it is? Probably is. Okay. Vegetarians. Veganism didn't come about for years after that. Okay, interesting. Um <laughs> like gluten sensitivities and like, you know, internet. Uh, okay. No, that makes sense. Um <laughs> and while the women are kind of checking out the one birthing center room, a woman clearly in labor is like crying ah! out. That last scream. I can't even do it. I don't have, I have too low of a voice. Hardcore. It's, it was so, it was such a loud shriek. It was like that, a death scream. Yeah. Can you imagine those auditions? <laughs> like it was like a death. You know, like scream. hi, I'm I'm Catherine Baker. I'm from the Peak Agency, and I'm five foot six. And then she just, ah! and that's the audition. And like your face isn't going to be on camera, but you put makeup on to go to the audition anyway. Because you want to look good, because they might remember you. Exactly. She was hoping to get the nurse part. She auditioned for the yep. nurse, and they Didn't were get like, because it, it was like Helen Hunt's here. best friend. We're gonna, of course, we're gonna <laughs> give it to her. You an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so Becky is a little, you can tell she's like a little freaked out. Of course, I would be screams. too. I would be too. Um, so later that night. Um, Touring any medical facility is very like troubling. Yeah. In general. I had to do that. Before I started chemo, they had this ridiculous thing called a chemo class where you go in to where you're going to get chemo and you sit with a, an obnoxious nurse who had a fucking feather in her hair. Oy. She had a feather tied into her hair, working with people losing their hair. She's adding more to her hair. Whatever. Um, and then that she, would have bugged the shit Then she implied I was sleeping with my 70-year-old friend, female. And then she took me on a tour of the chemo center, and you just walk around seeing all these people really sick. And it's like, hmm. um, I don't want to be here. Yeah. It's very troubling. Yeah. Yeah. I sympathize with Becky. It's all sure. No, that sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so the women are talking about uh, they're talking about their sort of different stories about giving birth. They're, and, they're back at the table now. They're having cheesecake. Yes, and yeah. um, Becky's and you've not told there. Your your you know the story of your birth. Yes. Um, what I about your immaculate conception? I don't have a great uh, story, really. I mean, my mom. I think my mom named me after the nurse who delivered me, because I think the doctor was out of the room, and I think the nurse <laughs> delivered me. Uh, and her name was Carrie Ann, so that's what she named me. Aww. I don't know what she... Oh, I think she was going to name me Casey. 
Casey Leanne, I think is what she might have. I hope that nurse got a bonus. I hope so too. Like, where was the fucking doctor? Yeah. Um. So yeah, the uh. So the doctor was out of the room, and then, as a baby, my mom said, "I think I spent the first either." Four, four months maybe or six months but like the four, first four months of my life were spent basically living in a car seat <gasps> because um, I had you were homeless I was no 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 not like that um, there's apparently now I'm gonna lay some real hardcore medical terms on you now try to follow along everybody uh, there's like a valve or something that when you eat it closes so that the food doesn't come back up through your like throat and esophagus or whatever yeah, your mouth um, and my valve didn't close your mouth didn't close no my valve that's the medical valve that's the medical term. anyway <laughs> so anytime i would eat um if you were to even tip me in the the slightest bit i would throw up so you so, you had to lay in a like an so upright position so i had position. to lay in a car seat and that's how my mom would have to feed me so i wouldn't move which I think to this day is a probably why you I only don't really eat in the car. I only in the car. <laughs> it's probably why I've only gotten sick from drinking one time, and that was an accident because I hate throwing up so much. Probably because I threw up a lot for the first four months of my life. But I think also it's probably you know why oh I my like God. to sit so much. I don't know. I would love if you like. You only ever ate in your car, and then you didn't know why. <laughs> and then, like, your mom tells you, sit down, Carrie. Yeah. I have something to tell you. Yeah. For the first four months of your life, you were fed in a car seat. <laughs> that would be pretty great. But here's what I will say about eating in the car. I actually don't – I try not to eat in the car because I have a fear – of like driving on the highway and eating something and starting to choke. And what do you do when you're driving on the highway oh, when you, you choke? If you die while you're driving, that is like the best newspaper remembrance article. But I, ever. I don't care. I don't want to die. I don't want to risk dying just to get a good newspaper. I, just, I literally only see you in your car eating Doritos now in my head. Yeah. Like shame eating. Just like I know I can't eat anywhere else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, so the women are telling all of these stories about, uh, you know, giving birth. And yes. Yes. Um, yes. Becky comes in. She says she's going to have the baby in a hospital, mm-hmm. but she's still going to have it naturally. Yeah. Now, at this point, Blanche, I mean, Blanche has been, you know, making her I little think, comments here I and there. Becky is too hard on Blanche. I mean. Well, let's talk about what Blanche says first. Okay. So Blanche basically tells Becky that she doesn't want her to give birth in Miami because of how many it's people cl- so close to Cuba. she knows. Well, yes, it's close to Cuba, but also because she, she knows a lot a of people in Miami. Yes. Um, and we actually wrote down a oh, yes. some dialogue <laughs> that we're going to read because we thought it was very, very funny. So okay. I'm going to be Blanche and um, Becky, and you're oh, going to read The Red, okay. which is Dorothy. Got it. So okay. they're all sitting around the table. They're eating cheesecake, of course. And they're arguing, and Blanche doesn't want her to to deliver the baby in Miami. And she says, it's just that I have a reputation in this town. Cheesecake, Ma. Dorothy immediately puts cheesecake into Sophia's mouth. Just shut her up so she doesn't say the joke. Well, I'm sorry if I had artificial insemination. It's not like I slept with every man in town. Chew it carefully, Ma, like they taught you at Shady Pines. End scene. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Dorothy's rolling over in her grave. And yeah, that was a really funny, 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 funny moment. Um, it was sorry. funny. It's the and that's again that we're starting season six. This is where 
Like we sort of saw a little bit of it, sort of Dorothy speaking about her mother in sort of a cutesy, fun way. Like when she went back for the cookies mm-hmm. or like, you know, she was like, it's a bad day for mummies. Like we, we've seen a little bit of the silly Dorothy at this in, in season five. But season six, there's a lot of like, remember Shady Pines, mom? <laughs> like there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a her and, and and Sophia become this sort of like vaudevillian duo yeah oh yeah they and i know it's not this season but in the case of the libertine bell oh my god it'll always be one of my favorite scenes i want i do wonder though if and this is just uh golden girls fans will eat this up i wonder if part of b arthur's decision to leave the show was that it was going in a direction that she didn't think merited sort of her legacy which is being a feminist trailblazing comic actress. I mean, you know, Maud, she insisted on having storylines tell true stories of what women were going through in the US. And for the first sort of four years of the Golden Girls, she really had that. She was mm-hmm. telling very sort of stories of women, you know, older women mm-hmm. going through things. And then in the last two seasons, you don't see a lot of it. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I wonder if maybe B. Arthur was like, this show has gone crazy and I'm out. I don't know. I'd be, yeah, I'd be curious to know if anybody knows the answer to that. Guys can talk about that on the face page and Um, tear me apart. So after this, um, you know, after this sort of argument between Becky and Blanche, Blanche, Becky says she's going to leave in the morning. She's taking her baby with her. I think she means... Because it's in her. I think she means fetus, but, uh, but she storms off. The baby goes everywhere, even when she poops. Yes. Um... It's interesting because it seems like so far every time we've seen Becky, yeah. her and Blanche like always get into some kind of fight and then Ble- Becky threatens to leave Miami and leave Blanche out of something important in her life. Like it's like, oh, you don't like Jeremy? Fine, I'll get married without you. You don't like me getting artificially inseminated? Fine, I mean, I'll leave Miami. You don't want me to have my baby in Miami? Fine, I'll leave. Wow. Like she's you always... just made her into precious. <laughs> um, but... Uh, no, I do think that that you know Becky's being a little too hard on Blanche. I mean, yes, Blanche is. It was very rude to suggest that her daughter should not have the child in Miami because of her reputation. I get that. That's very rude. But on some level, Becky, you know your mother. Like you know your mother. Well, so if you if you know that she's going to have a reaction like this, maybe start your conversation knowing how she's going to react and. St- address it beforehand say i know that you're very popular in this town and i know that you have a very active social life and that you have complicated feelings of being addressed as a grandmother but i want to do this and i think it's very like literally that's all you need to do becky well question at the end of the episode when becky gets artificially inseminated do they leave on good terms where blanche is like i under like i you know what i want to support you yeah whatever so why can't that just carry into this? Like, yeah, well, but you need because that she's conflict. like, why does Becky need to sort of relive this like Groundhog Day a of fucking child with her mom, <laughs> where she's getting artificially inseminated? That's the whole thing. It's like, yeah, you know, no. it, it, it's it's Blanche has a, has a problem with like reputations when they go to the sperm bank. I mean, you know, Blanche, Blanche has, a problem has the same with, problem. With then people and, thinking she's older. That's it. That's the root of the problem. And and so everything Becky does should be. That should be a consideration. Done. 
Becky needing her mother to be there for her, her as a support net while she's giving birth to her first baby comes before Blanche's reputation as being someone know. who's maybe in her 40s instead of her I get 50s. that it's selfish and stuff, but at the same time, it's like, if you, like, I know with my mother, there are certain things that I just, like, need to address in a certain way in order to get her to have an actual response. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I get it. I get it. But it's also like, yo, communicate, ladies. All right. So that night, Sophia and Dorothy are sharing Sophia a bed. Sophia hasn't drank in 14 hours. I know. I was troubled by that. Like, I know Dorothy doesn't want her to, I guess, get up and pee or pee the bed. But 14 hours without an elderly woman having liquids, that was, I it's also found that troubling. Thank goodness they go to a hospital just in case she needs to get an IV of fluids. I don't go without drinking for like an hour. Yeah. And this is Miami. It's probably humid. Um, so Becky comes in and she's definitely in labor. Wait, so, but the line is funny when she goes up to Dorothy and, you know, Dorothy wakes up and she's like, I think I'm in labor. Or she was like, how does labor feel? And Becky responds, if I had military secrets, I'd talk. And then Dorothy's just like, bingo, and gets out of bed in a nightgown that is essentially what she would wear during the day. I thought that too. I was like, huh, this looks like daytime wear. (laughs) It's good for day and for night. Uh, Even though by the time they reach the hospital, they're They're all all wearing different clothes anyway. Yeah. Um, Also. But but the scene scene where they all find out, like Rose comes in, says Mm -hmm. she'll boil a thing of corn. And then, and then finally, which Blanche. was a callback to her, uh, her uncle, uh, uh, Lucky Gunther, who had forceps for hands and would deliver children, which is frightening and sounds delivered like her the child. basis for a horror movie. Yeah, and uh, and so then Blanche finally comes in wearing an amazing nightgown, flows right behind so her. So nice. There's the, a floral yeah. robe to it. It's perfect. And she comes in, and then she's like, "What's going on?" And Rose says. Something about a labor baby. I forget what she said. Well, she's supposed to go call the coach in the hospital and then she gets it. The reaction, it is literally like you're watching a comic play. Like it is, it's so theatrical and her like, oh, I get it now. Like when she finally got that Becky Mm -hmm. was in labor. I feel like you should have heard because like there were also a lot of people coming in and out of the room like yakety sacks. Yeah. I felt like I was, yes, in a way, but I also felt like I was watching like a scene from Noises Off. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like that's kind of what it felt like. Yes, yes, yes. With like the door opening and then the person and the thing. Oh, yes, it did. It felt very big. Um, The way that like when, uh, it felt big like when Rose has the dream when she's thinking about marrying Dr. Jonathan Newman and she has like the fever dream with the psychic and, and all that stuff. Guys, um, I Sue apologize, loves to bark guys. At everyone My outside. dog wants to fight everyone who's walking by the windows. So and I'm you should trying see to wrangle him that right now. her dog is like the size of my foot. We'll take we'll take a picture with him. Um, also, Dorothy tells Becky to get into her bed. I'm like, oh, I would not, I would not want you to get in. I would not offer her my bed. Why? Because of the baby juice? Yeah. I'm like, we don't know if your water's broken yet. Shit can be clean. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. That's what um, washing machines are for. Put the so, baby juice. So then we get to the hospital and the women have all changed, even though there's like such a rush and a hurry to get to the hospital. They've all put on outfits with layers. So like we know it, it's not like they just threw a one piece on. <laughs> Um, I love layers. And Rose's coach, Mr. Minervi? No. Minervi? Um, 
Niverni? Minervi. I think it's Minervi. Mr. Minervi? Yeah, Minervi. He shows up and we know he's he's a coach because he has a whistle around his neck. And he's wearing sweats. Yeah. Or a sweatshirt. Rose accidentally called the ice skating coach, who, by the way. Oh, I confused the coach. He is. He walks in. He is 100% on board to stay here for the birth of a stranger's one. Because he is a coach through and through. No, I think he's a weird dude. Like she, he, okay, let's, no. let's play this conversation out, right? Rose calls him. She's like, coach, Becky's having her baby come to the hospital. And he's just like, okay, I'll be right there. Yeah, because he does what she It's like, Rose what is this, says. some sort of Isaac Newton situation? No, Where I they mean, just like, don't ask any questions and they're just like, all right, I'm there. I firmly <laughs> believe that if, if you can think of it, someone has sexually gotten off to it. And so I'm sure that people have watched birthing videos and gotten off to it. But that said, I think it is very rare that someone gets off to what happens to a woman when a child comes out of her. Know what I'm saying? Sure. (laughs) I thought he was creepy. Um, I love that during me describing the sexual fetish, I'm hearing your dog lick you. I'm so sorry. It's all I can do. (laughs) We'll do this at your apartment from now on. It's all I can do to get him to not look out the window and bark at people. Guys, I apologize. (laughs) Season six. So I know, what a way to start off season six with like dog noises. I love it. I love it. I love every minute of it. Um, so uh, so the doctor comes in. He's played by an actor named Ken Lerner. You know him. He's Well, I don't know him. He is the dad. I mean, he's been in everything. He's been working you forever. Touched his offspring. Um, that sounds weird. Um, he's, I mean, you guys know him. You guys know him from a ton of TV, a ton of movies. Yeah. But he is the dad of... Um, uh, an actor, a young actor, Sam Lerner, who is um, on the Goldbergs with Stan. Um, so I think Stan has met him. Um, anyway, he's a lovely actor, and he's really funny as the doctor. He doesn't have he a ton of lines good. in this. He's no, but very he's memorable. Memorable. Yeah. Um, and then, so then we sort of go out to the waiting room. There is a weird moment where we like just flash back to Becky like pushing for yeah. a second, and then it dissolves back to the waiting room. I was <laughs> like, we didn't need that, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, and Dorothy and Sophia, they have this a was, moment. I mean, their scenes uh, was probably my favorite because, like, basically throughout the whole episode. Sophia has been giving Dorothy a hard time about yeah. like, she was a hard baby. She was really colicky. Yeah. She weighed 32 pounds and all this stuff. And, and, and Dorothy finally says, ma, you're hurting my feelings. And yeah. Sophia goes, not as much as you hurt my uni. I have <laughs> never heard. <laughs> I have never heard you, the female anatomy referred I wonder, to as an uni. Uh, I, we could, we could probably message Mark Sotkin who wrote on this episode or who produced it. But, uh, I wonder how many versions of vagina they had in. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I bet that was there were a lot of pitches on that. There was probably a lot of lines of her being like, "Uni, cha cha." Like uni, uni to me sounds more like a word Rose would use. What do you call your vagina? Sounds more of a I don't know my lady parts. Lady parts. Yeah. Mm, I I mean, like in what context? Like when I call the doctor, no, but (laughs) I love. Like, whenever I see, like, a woman working it, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, living. Just, like, working that vag. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, it's, like, rock that vag. Oh, is that what you... Yeah. Rock that vag. All right. Get it. So put that, that V out on display. Put that V Put that V out on the street. Put the um, V on the glass. That could be complicated because <laughs> it's a V and it's between your legs, but um, work it out. <laughs> yeah. And uni... 
an uni, I, I, I don't even know what, I, what an uni sounds like. Like, what does an uni actually sound like? It uni. reminds me of a pizza. Uni. Oh, because like, of Uno's? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, I know, I know exactly where your brain goes. Uni. Uni. I don't know. Uh, it sounds like a name. It also sounds like a German, like, grandparent, except that's Oma yeah. and Opa. But still, it sounds like, like, Uni's, like, uncle or yeah, something. Yeah, or, like, yeah, we're going over to, like, your Uni and your, like, cooties <laughs> later. I don't know. My aunt and uncle are a penis and a vagina. Yeah. <laughs> Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. Best line from kindergarten. But talk. those are just biological gender <laughs> norms that we've subscribed to people. We're... We've 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 stopped a good for a good amount of time on this uni bit. Um, so uh, then, so so Sophia and, and Dorothy are having this like really sweet uh, moment Very where sweet. eventually, you know, we Sophia learned tells that Sophia. Her, so Sophia asked Dorothy, "Do you know why I call you Pussycat, Pussycat?" And Dorothy responds with. Because you fed me once and I stayed, like you know this, mm-hmm. the type of mean responses. And then Sophia says, "She gets up because I love pussy cats and I love you." Uh-huh. And then also, I thought of my Fraser. Oh, because you love Fraser. I do love Fraser. An immense amount of love for Fraser. But then Sophia said to Dorothy, and because you're the only one in the family you could catch mice. Which is like probably true. Yes. <laughs> I just, <laughs> well, you know what? Remember, Dorothy was the one who didn't she oh, that's get right. the mouse she to had, go out through the bottom yes, of the sink or was, was that Rose? She was trying to like bargain with the I mouse. I know she was trying to bargain with the mouse. So there you go. Yeah. Damn, back to like season one, I think. You got it. Um, there's also a really great line because like, this felt so forced to me, but Rose is like, I don't, I'm worried I'm not a good ice skater and that I'm not going to win like the senior sports boring contest. Yeah. And my parents are going to be upset because they always wanted me to be an ice skater. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. They were just like, okay, we did this funny thing where she does the coach and then we saw her in the outfit, check, check. But now we got to wrap up her story or make it relate to the parenting. Yeah. So they're like, Rose, you don't need to be a famous ice skater to please your parents. And she's like, okay, I'm, I'll give it up. Like she was like she was on some sort of course to being a professional ice skater. She was competing in her mom is so far away <laughs> and has so many other things to worry about in terms of like, you know, just because I'm living doesn't mean like she's got a lot of shit to worry about. She and we learn later. She doesn't care if Rose doesn't win the senior Miami Sports Center medal. And we learn in a few episodes that she was adopted. Yeah. And that her father is a monk. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> Dorothy also Who had won a great an Oscar line. for Cocoon. <laughs> Excuse me. Dorothy also had a great line where um, she was uh, uh, she was telling Rose, you know, that with parents, um, you know, they're going to get on your nerves and whatever. And she says, you know, they're just going to nag you and nag you until you want to grab their throats and choke them. But you don't because you're in a hospital with resuscitating equipment. <laughs> I love that line. Because she was thinking of killing her mother. Um, let's get into the <laughs> delivery room where you had a big problem with the way Blanche Okay. Looked. No, it's not so much. It's, it, it's nothing that Blanche could have done. It's nothing Blanche could have done. This is just the requirements of the room. So she's in the nurse's garb, basically, to cover up your hair, cover up your chest, whatever, um, your, your clothes, because you don't want to get germs in the room. So she's wearing this, like, hair thing. And I think because, like, she has, um, she has a large forehead mm-hmm. that it made her look like she's just bald. 
Yeah, and and I and I would agree with you in Very terms manly of too. I would agree with you in terms of like they were really making sure that they were accurate with like mm-hmm. okay the hair would be covered the whatever. But when Blanche runs away, she's in kitten heels. She's not yeah. wearing booties over those. <laughs> That's cute. So That's you know cute. if they're gonna do and that, also they to, it reminded me of, of when she dressed up as a man to meet Bob Hope. Yes, she she also looked very. She looks masculine. very different when she doesn't have her own hair. Yeah, Blanche needs her hair. I'm sure most people would, but she does particularly. Well, but when you pull any of the other women's hair back, they look fine. But when you pull Blanche's hair back, you can see how large her forehead is. You just made Rue McClanahan feel very self-conscious in the afterworld right now. I mean, she's gone. Um, So (laughs) Becky... Tells she's she's in she doesn't want to do pain. it. She's like, I'm just gonna live with this child in me forever. Yep. And there's a great moment where Blanche tells her that she can do it, mm-hmm. that she's brave and she's mm-hmm. courageous. Like, look mm-hmm. at you, you just wanted to have a baby and you had it. And I think like those were the feelings deep down that she had. Yeah, she, she basically that, said that you're doing something that I could never do. You're mm-hmm. more brave than me. That's which so is big so of Blanche true. to say. Yeah, it's, it is. Because Blanche, you know, Blanche took it easy. Blanche married a very successful man and had children and they had governesses. And, you know, she had a very... Mm-hmm. But, but Becky's doing something very different that's very foreign to Blanche and probably very scary for Blanche. But, of course, the next time we see her... Um, we know Blanche is gonna is like right back to being Blanche when she gives yes. Becky shit for naming her Aurora, which is a great name. Yeah, it's a great name. I, I love, love it. That name. Um, so here, here's also what I want to say about the way the like the women look in the scene, specifically Becky. Anytime we see the women in a hospital bed, right? The women, their hair is always done really well. Mm-hmm. Becky looks in disheveled, makeup. Though. Becky is disheveled. She is sweaty. She doesn't she have doesn't hair have a lot makeup. of makeup on. <laughs> and I feel like it's because she was a guest star. Yeah. You know, maybe the women were a little bit more particular about, like, I want to look a certain way when I'm in a hospital bed. Also, she was going through, like, vigorous labor, so you would sweat and be more disheveled. But that moment where, Be- like, Blanche is leaning over her and Becky's pushing, I was like, oh, this feels like a yeah. real hospital. Um, and also... As much as I'm sure it hurts to actually be in labor and give birth, that aside, how taxing do you think that must be like on an actress to oh, have probably. to fake pushing like take but, after take? I mean, on the makeup thing, I I bet you that that was probably like, because like with the other women, it's probably their first shot of the day or something. They don't want to change, like take off makeup and like they have another shot after that. Whereas with Becky, it was no, like... No, 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 no. That, I mean... You don't they, think they, they work that into the schedule? Yeah. Yes. Of course. One hundred percent. That would never be. That would never be an excuse the for them last not to have shot. makeup. It's no. Like, they, no. They. There is a. There's a team that schedules things accordingly based on yeah. hair, makeup, location. Yeah. Trust me. Not with this show. Clearly. <laughs> well, no. I think it was that the women wanted to be in makeup. Yeah, I guess. So. I think that they. You know. Maybe they wanted to Except be in Sophia. makeup. <laughs> Sophia never um, makeup. So then the baby is born. Yes. Uh, they they hold, have a real baby for her to hold, which I'm glad because when they have yeah. a fake baby, it's a little distracting. Uh, Blanche mistakes the umbilical cord for a penis. Which is incredible because that would be the most well-endowed child in the world. Well, also, it, I'd be like, why is it that color? Why is it like, I have okay, to, why is it now. where gagging. the belly button I'm is? I'm gagging. Um, <laughs> But they freeze frame at the end of this episode, which I thought was really cute. They mm-hmm. freeze frame on Blanche and, and the baby. you missed it, but they had a little, like, 
baby jingle thing of thank you for being a friend, Aww. which is really cute. You guys should listen to that real closely at the end. They probably take it out in like the Hallmark version. Maybe we watch it on Hulu. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Maybe they don't then. What's your golden takeaway from this episode? Oh, my golden takeaway from this episode is that, no, we don't learn this in this episode, but we know it because we're GG fans. Um, so I'm just going to say... Becky names her daughter Aurora, which just happens to be the name of one of literature's greatest heroines in the world, Aurora Greenway from Terms of Endearment, Ooh. written by Larry McMurdy, and it's a film starring Shirley MacLaine and Deborah Winger. I highly recommend you watch the film, but also read the books. The book's really, really good. Every time on the show when I heard Aurora's name brought up, I thought of Aurora Greenway and I can't now look at Becky. Like I can't, cause it's my favorite movie of all time. Mm -hmm. So I can't look at Becky now, even when Aurora is not born, I can't look at her and not think of terms of endearment. That's really sweet. So my golden takeaway is for all of you to go watch that movie. And if you haven't, or if you have watched it, watch it again. Cause I watch it like four times a year. My golden takeaway is, um, let's give Uni a try. I'm going to see. No. Maybe I'm just going to test the water. I'm going to oh, see. Oh, you mean like the name, not yeah, the actual name. Uni. Oh, like Punani. That's sort of what it reminds me of, I think. Uni. When you said let's give Uni a try, I thought you were like going to go Les. It kind of sounds like Unagi. You know, like eel. You're missing out on me thinking you're going to eat a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Let's give Uni a try. Uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to say it. Like maybe I'll say it in front of Stan and see what he he thinks it is. But you have to do it like this. Hey, Stan. You want to see my Uni? No, I'll be like, I'll be like, what do you, what do you want for dinner? Could you go for a little uni? And no, I think he'll think we want to go to food. Crazy Rock and you Sushi. Because that wouldn't yeah. make sense. That would not. Okay, that's <laughs> basic as fuck that you said that. But I love that you said it. Uh, You've never you eaten Crazy Rock and Sushi. I never it's will. Real good. But I, I um, if you can't say it in terms, you have to say it in the context where a vagina would be involved. You know what I mean? Sure, but I gotta make it vague enough so that he doesn't one hundred percent know. Um, that was the episode. I loved it. It It's a good episode. It was really fun. And And I'm so glad we started season six. Yay. If you guys are following along with the podcast, the next episode we'll be watching is Once in St. Olaf, where Rose meets her real dad. Oh, I forget the actor's name, but he won an Oscar for Cocoon. And I also believe that he was in Sister Act 2, Revenge of the Nuns. You're right. He was. Yes. Yeah. Um, he might have been. I think he was. I, I don't know. I'm was. not 100% sure. I think he was. Anyway, guys, this has been Out on the Lanai. So much fun. So much fun. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, let us know on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash Golden Girls Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter. We are at Golden Girls Pod. You can also go to outonthelanai.com to read more about us, more about the uh, podcast, to listen to more episodes. And if you guys want to make a donation to the podcast, you can go to outonthelanai.com slash donate. You can set up a one-time donation or monthly donation through Patreon. And if you can't donate, but if you want to support the podcast, you can go on iTunes. You can leave us a five-star review or however the max, whatever the max stars is, and leave us a nice review. Thank you. And I am H. Allen Scott. You can follow me on everything at H. Allen Scott. And I am at Squid Eat Squid on Twitter, and I am Squidzy on Instagram. Does Sue here have a social media presence? He does, and I just post a lot of pictures of him. I love that you have given a male dog the name Sue. Mm -hmm. I love it. Changing stereotypes left and right. Yep. Carrie Doherty yep. and Stan. Yep. 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 <laughs> All right, guys. 
So much fun. So much fun. We will see you next time. And remember to always stay stay golden. Uni. 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 Uni.